Welcome to the History of the World podcast. My name is Chris. And this is the History of the World Unscripted. So here we are again for another unscripted episode of the History of the World podcast. This is the final unscripted episode. The reason why we are doing these unscripted episodes is because we are preparing for the new volume of podcasts which start next week. That's right, volume two will start next week. So this is the very last unscripted episode and it's back to business next week and I'm very excited to be entering into Volume 2. We're going to start with the Sumerians of Mesopotamia and their early dynastic, the first kings of Mesopotamia that we have um, contemporary writing that we've excavated and uh, discovered that we can refer to. So it's really the start of true history. So what are we doing in these unscripted episodes? What is the point of them? Well, really, it's just so that I can keep in touch with the regular listeners to the podcast and let them know that we haven't just dropped off the face of the earth. And what I've been trying to do with recent episodes is Uh, pick a subject so what I was doing originally was talking more about the analytics and the messages that the podcast was getting and whilst I still like to do a bit of that I realised that there were a couple of subjects during volume one while I was writing volume one that I sort of skipped over and I didn't mention for one reason or another so what I've tried to do is go back to those subjects and try to cover them to some extent, even if it's just in a bit more of an informal sense. So this week I've decided that I want to take a closer look at Lascaux Caves and the paintings that were within them. And the reason why we didn't mention them in the original podcast is because we only wanted to introduce parietal art as a small subject. So we did one podcast about art and ritual. Within that podcast, we discussed parietal art and Chauvet Cave was mentioned as the the pioneering site, if you like, historically of parietal art. And then we just had to move on to other things like portable art, musical instruments, any, anything else that was related to art and ritual we had to cover during that podcast so we really didn't get time to move on to Lascaux but if you look in history books at prehistoric history and prehistoric art then you should never be that surprised to see Lascaux artistry as fundamental as one of those visual astonishments of prehistory it's always Lascaux that is photographed and it's always Lascaux pictures and images that are used when we're talking about parietal art 
and what was going on in prehistory with relation to art. So I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that this week and uh, enjoy. So what did we talk about when we looked at parietal art earlier in the podcast series? Uh, Why didn't we talk about Lascaux? It's because we talked about Chauvet Cave. Chauvet Cave um, was occupied, we believe, not long after or around about the time of Neanderthal extinction when Homo sapiens really took over Europe from the Neanderthals. Around about 37,000 years ago onwards, um, what they did, they went into this uh, cave, Chauvet Pondot, and they made some cave paintings, and we talked about it in to some degree of detail, and that was, I think, in episode 13, if I'm not mistaken, about Paleolithic art and ritual. Lascaux Cave, on the other hand, is much more modern, These paintings were from around 17,000 years ago and we're talking about the the emergence of the Magdalenian culture. So Western Europe was very much in the Salutrian culture and going into the Magdalenian culture, uh, that's something that we did briefly touch upon during episode 14, during the summary episode. So... 13 and 14, those episodes, this is where we're sort of talking about now, if you want to refer back. So, we should start by saying exactly where Lascaux is, and it's near a village called Montignac in the Dordogne region of southwestern France. One thing that Lascaux has got in common with Chauvet Cave is that they were both sealed off by apparent avalanches of, of some description that sealed off the cave uh, at the time, thousands of years ago, and then they were subsequently discovered in the modern age. And Lascaux was discovered in around about 1940, and uh, one of its uh, first visitors in the first few years that it was open was Pablo Picasso, who was absolutely blown away by how amazingly modern the artistry was in these caves. It was, he couldn't find it uh, believable that the, uh, the quality of artistry existed so many thousands of years ago. Lascaux has been described as the Sistine Chapel of prehistory that's one way that it's been described the images for me are so vivid and vibrant that they're they're just worth looking at they're amazing and they're so colorful and the the depictions of animals which is uh, the main part of these there's about 2,000 images and around about half of them are of animals and it's some very realistic and very carefully coloured pictures you say we can see humans have mastered colouring which in itself doesn't sound that amazing but really I mean when you think about it how to develop different colours is a challenge in prehistory we take colours colours for granted you can go out and buy a set of paints and you take it for granted you're going to get all the colours human beings had to find ways to create those colours back in prehistory. So we have to ask the question of Lascaux, 
why is it that there's such a concentration on animals? Well, we're always going to go back to the shamanistic aspects of these things. So when we go back to uh, Paleolithic art and ritual, we talk a lot about shamanic influences over human societies back then. Were they drawing these animals in order to create some kind of success, maybe with hunting these animals, etc.? It could have been a means to uh, create a reality from an image. So, for example, if they were to uh, paint a bison that was wounded, maybe that would be their way of trying to create an omen that maybe they would then find a wounded bison just because they drew one. It might sound ridiculous in the modern age, but back then they could have actually believed that this was a possibility. These people would not have understood nature's forces, so it, it's not as ridiculous as it might sound. However, the one big argument that we get back from uh, scholars when we look at Lascaux and Chauvet, uh, for that matter, is that not all of the animals are hunted animals. Some of them are actually predators, so that would point less towards um, say let's paint a load of hunted animals to try and uh, try and encourage more success in the hunt because we've painted a load of bison maybe we're going to kill a load of bison that's not thought to be the case uh, it's thought that there must be more of a storyline to the paintings and it's the story that is the influential factor Basically, we don't really understand these paintings, who created them, why they were created, and to this very day we've, we still argue we just don't know. However, one very interesting factor that I've read about in terms of Lascaux is that it does appear that there are a number of footprints within the cave, and these footprints all appear to be footprints of adolescence and that has to be significant. So maybe the cave was created as a means by which young men just coming of age maybe in learning how to hunt could have had to go into this cave as a ritual. Um, who knows, maybe young men, young women it's just it's pure speculation but this I believe has to be very significant to the reason it has also been put forward that some areas of the cave have been decorated more heavily than others and maybe these less heavily decorated areas were actually more sacred who knows who knows speculations backwards and forwards experts can't agree but Really, there can be a thorough discussion about Lascaux and its significance and what it actually means. So, in conclusion, I encourage you to go online, explore a little bit about Lascaux and come to your own conclusions. And then, by all means, please let me know what they are. I'm very interested to hear 
from you, the History of the World podcast listeners, as to what you think Lascaux Cave was for, why it was created, and what its purpose was. Well, those of you who follow the History of the World podcast on Twitter will be aware uh, that I received a message from the food soldier who said, I'm really enjoying the History of the World podcast. I've been listening as I have been on marathon training. Uh, Now on episode eight, already really interesting on the evolution of man. Well, I'll tell you what, we've evolved to become marathon runners by the looks of it. And uh, obviously the marathon is something that was very significant uh, dating back to classical Greece. Um, Many of you will be aware of the Battle of Marathon and uh, maybe there's a little bit of a fallacy about where the... Uh, where the word marathon comes from it appears that there's a a mixture of two stories that have been misunderstood as they come down to us that's for a future episode but nonetheless that that's not really the point is this is more about the food soldier and the fact that he's actually going to be running the marathon this year now that he's uh, brought it to my attention I'm going to be um, putting some spotlight on that and so when the marathon comes around, I will have my eye on the food soldier, purely so that I can congratulate him, of course. He'll be running for the charity, the Princess Royal Trust for Carers in Hampshire. That sounds like an extremely worthy cause. Um, so, well done and uh, good luck. Marcel Cloutier got in touch with the podcast and said, really like this podcast. I just started to listen last week and am on episode 12 now. Keep it up, Marcel from Alberta, Canada. Um, Brilliant, I'll tell you what, that's not bad going. Just started last week and on episode 12, that's thundering through them at a pace, so well done. We had a customer review from the, the History of the World podcast on iTunes, on... Apple iTunes. It was from the Mystic Wombo. I don't think I've read this out uh, before. I don't remember doing it. It says, I really love this podcast. Chris is very easy to listen to and the content is logical, clear and very well researched. Each episode is just the right length, around 30 minutes and is easy to follow, even for me. Well done, Chris. Keep up the great work. Um, That's a very, very kind message. Thank you very, very much indeed. Well, I think that's about it for this week. That's um, all done and dusted. That's the final unscripted episode for the time being. And next week, a big week, the very start of Volume 2 of the podcast. We've got about 30-plus podcasts. I can't wait to get this thing started, and we're going to learn so much about Assyriology um, but by the end of April, you'll all be absolute experts in Assyriology. So there you go, something to feel good about. So until this time next week, for Volume 2 of the History of the World podcast, have a wonderful week. The History of the World podcast is hosted by Audio Boom. It is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Castbox, 
Podcast Republic, Stitcher and TuneIn. You can also find it on Deezer, Google Podcasts and Radio Public. Feel free to email the show at historyoftheworldpodcast at mail.com Join our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter.